Bible study. Uh, all the saints are all beginning to show up here. Are y'all glad to be here tonight? Amen. All right, amen. Um, Shelby Smith will be with us on Wednesday nights, I believe three more Wednesdays, this Wednesday, next Wednesday, and the last Wednesday of, of August. Then we're going to shift... Um, the emphasis to Sunday evenings. Now, that's going to happen this coming Sunday, right? It's going to be our first time where we come together. Now, we're not going to go out this Sunday night, right? We're just going to strategize and and talk about um, ideas of going out to share the gospel. So, uh, and and another thing, if, I want to be sure everybody understands, you don't have to go out. Does everybody understand that? You don't have to do this. I just want to be sure you understand that. I'm encouraging you to, and all Christians should share their faith, okay? But if going out, door knocking, gives you like a full-blown anxiety attack to where you have to like go see a doctor, you don't have to go, okay? You can do it in some other, and I'm not being, I mean, I know that was funny, but I'm not trying to be funny. I'm being very serious with you. It, it's not something that you have to do, okay? You can pray for those that are out, You can come and spend time with us before we go out and pray with us or whatever, but you don't have to do it. But I highly encourage that you do uh, because all Christians get blessed immensely uh, from going out. That's that Acts 1-8 passage. You have the power to witness, power to witness, okay? So that's all I wanted to say. Now let me give you some announcements and then I will uh, turn it over. Uh, The building update. The building is moving uh, faster than we anticipated. Um, I, I don't know, I haven't talked to Ken since this afternoon, but they, they, the Dow told us that, that it could be as soon as next week uh, that we have to uh, shut down that part of the church so that they can begin to remodel. We, we will know that for sure tomorrow, and I will get all the announcements out so that you will know uh, what is happening. Uh, but they are moving very fast. I mean, if y'all gone back there and seen the trusses, I mean, they've got the roof almost finished, uh, so it's going really, really fast. And remember, and I know that it's not something we want to celebrate, but there's really no other option but to pack us all in this end of the church uh, on Sundays for about two months until they get everything finished back there, okay? Everybody's going to have to be charitable. Everybody's going to have to be flexible with a big smile on your face. Amen? Okay, that, was, that wasn't too bad. Okay, um... There is a youth and children's ministry meeting on Sunday, August the 20th. That is this Sunday. It's going to be more of an open forum for parents and grandparents that wish to come, that have children in the ministry, uh, that want to speak to the future of where we're headed here at Parkway Baptist. If you have not signed up for that, please sign up for that ASAP so we can have, a, so we can have a food for you uh, for the meeting this Sunday. Um, back to school family night is going to be on Sunday evening, August the 27th at, from 5 to 8 p.m. at Stars and Strikes. Stars and Strikes. The cost is $15 per individual or $35 for a group of five. Uh, a meal does come with that, bowling and laser tag. So this is going to be a, a great night for us, back to school family night. The softball team uh, has turned out great. We had, I think... 11 or 12 that showed up to the first practice. We've got another practice tomorrow evening. Uh, So it looks like it's a done deal. Looks like we're going to have plenty of people to play. Uh, If you can still play if you want to, that's no problem. If you want to, just show up to practice or let Jim Motok know or let the office know. Just let somebody know so we can put you down. Um, Also, we have to wear the same color uh, T-shirts. Imagine that for the the softball team. 
And so what we're saying is uh, that everybody can wear their Parkway Baptist, that dark gray t-shirt that we ordered a whole lot of about six months ago. If you've got that t-shirt, yes, thank you. You can see Kathy Beck back there. That's the exact t-shirt. Stand up again, Kathy. Everybody, so you sat down too early. There it is. Thank you, Kathy. That t-shirt right there. If you don't have that t-shirt, then you just wear one that is close to that color and you will be fine. Okay, so you don't have to panic. I don't have a t-shirt. Oh, no, just, just find a t-shirt or go pay six bucks at Walmart and get you one that color, okay? Um, I think I've told you about the follow me sessions that are remaining. Deacon nominations. The deacon nominations have been terrible so far. I don't mean the men that you've put on the blanks. That's not what I mean. I mean the number of nominations that have been turned in. We have had only 12 nominations turned in, 12 blue slips turned in. Uh, the deadline is this Sunday. So if we don't have at least 40, 35, or 40, uh, we're going to have to extend it another week and, and maybe try to come up with, with an electronic way we can email it to you. I know it's hard to remember to get that piece of paper, and I know you probably don't know all the men in the church and all that kind of stuff. If you're struggling with who to nominate, you can talk to any church member that's been here for a good amount of time. They can give you some ideas on men that you can put on those blanks, okay? That's no problem. But please, please, please get one of those and fill that out. Um, team ministry recruitment will be hitting that pretty hard over the next month. So be looking for an email on that and be thinking about, remember these pillars, assembly time, church care, missions, and discipleship, where you would like to serve for the next year. That's very important. And then finally, the love offering for the family in need. Uh, we are still collecting that. Um, we, had, we had a good response this past Sunday. I think we collected about 2,500. Um, we need about double that amount uh, for this family, and we need it by, the 20, by August the 22nd, which is my birthday, just in case you're wondering. Um, and, and so anyway, but, but thank you for those of you that have given. Thank you so much for that. Um, and, and just pray and, and give if you, if you can to help this family. And it's a, it's a serious, serious problem. I, I know the details on it, and it is a worthy, worthy cause. Any other questions before I turn it over to, to Brother Shelby here? Okay, Shelby, come on up here, my man. Lead us, lead us to how to do this. Yes. How do we do this, Shelby? All righty. And uh, Pastor Shelby is going to give you all one of these if you don't have one. And uh, if you've gotten one from before, this is the revised version. <laughs> so you want this one tonight. So everybody got one of these? Okay, cool. He's on top of things. That is just fantastic. You need some over here? We, okay, Pastor Shelby, we need, got some more people that need some of these. All righty, he'll be coming to get that and, and bring and get those to you. Um, you know, whenever I uh, had some time to really think about witness training after retiring, I just kind of take a step took a step back, thought about everything I've taught you so far, really just trying to think it through my mind. And I understood that the Holy Spirit, okay, raise your hand as he comes to you and he will give you one of those right there. So as he's passing this out, the thing that I want to draw your attention to is this is the only book in the Bible that says this is written that you might believe in Jesus and have eternal life. Now we know the whole Bible's written for that purpose, but in John 20, verse 31, he says, it is this, this is written that you might believe and have life in Jesus Christ. So I started thinking about that and I spent some time reading the Gospel of John, asking myself the question, what is it in this book that points to Jesus? 
Now, of course, everything does to a certain extent, but how can you organize it? How can I get this little gospel set up in such a way that if somebody's interested in God, I can say, read this, it'll tell you how to be saved. Does that make sense? You know, we got the Roman road, we've got different tools like that, but they're all scriptures that you take out and all, but this one has the mark of the Holy Spirit saying, That's, this is your witnessing tool is basically what I thought. So I said, well, how can we use that? So what I'm gonna talk tonight about is how you can use this in a way to, to share your faith. Um, when uh, I, I looked at a lot of different gospels, I went online and ordered some. And there's the scripture, let me share that first. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. And in this book is the most famous verse of the Bible, right? John three sixteen. So it kind of makes sense that that would happen to be in this book. So the question is, how can you use it? What is a strategy way of using this? And that's what we want to talk about. One of the things I discovered, people like to write to, uh, people produce a lot of these Gospels of John. I mean, I saw five or six or maybe 10 different ones, but you know what? Most of them had little fine print. In fact, I love people's ideas about giving out Bibles. My pet peeve is make sure you get it to them in a print they can read. Does that make sense? You ever seen one of those little New Testaments and you think, man, how can anybody read this? You have to be hurting to want to read that. And I'm not trying to knock the people who are doing that because I love them. They're, I have friends and, and it's not just one group. It's every New Testament gospel of John out there I found had a little bitty print except for this one. So that's one of the reasons I got this one. This has the biggest print. It's size 10. A lot of them had size 7. If you can imagine. Yes. And it's New International Version, which, you know, I like the New American Standard. It's the closest to the original Greek. I found that out in college. And then when in seminary, when they were reading out of the Greek New Testament, those guys can do that. It was exactly what I had right here. And so that's, that's what I want. So that was my preference. Did not find that in the large enough print. Second reason I like this one, it has the verses underlined that have anything to do about salvation. So without me doing anything, you could hand this to somebody and they could read it if they wanted to. And it has in the, uh, if you'll turn to the page, a uh, few pages in the front there, it'll have the subjects of the theme of salvation and the letters all corresponding. So here, here's the, the thought. Remember we talked about the different ways people listen you have those that are cluttered, they're, not, they're too busy to really listen. Those that are shallow, they just want something emotional, but they're really not gonna dig deep. But then the people that have a good heart, that are honest, and they really want to know, I wanted something that would be adequate for them, because that's really what you're wanting to do. Remember Jesus said, in, over there in Matthew, he said, the road that leads to life is narrow, and the gate is small, Few are those that find it. We have to understand there's a very small number of people that are genuinely interested in God. And you find that when you go out. The sower went out to sow. There was hard paths, hard hearts, and shallow and all of that. But then Jesus said the road that leads to destruction is broad. And many are those. 
We don't, you know what I look, think about? I do not need to let the circumstances of the culture determine my obedience to Jesus. Does that make sense? He asked me to go. I just need to find a way to do it easy. He said, my yoke is easy. I like that part. Let's find an easy way. Well, an enjoyable way. So that's been in the back of my mind too. So we're going to talk about a way that I think that we can use this, this booklet. So how do you introduce the book? May I share with you the best news the world has ever heard? Can you see yourself doing that? A friend, a family member, a neighbor. If we knock on doors, that's one way of doing it. But it can be people that you meet in the, you know, I would go to Walmart right over here on Inland Springs and, and I would get my groceries and now you do self-service. You, you don't hardly see anybody. I, I don't know how to deal with that. You witness to the machine, I guess. <laughs> but I would say something like, did you know God's given away heaven? And they'd look at me like it's gonna be a joke. And I say, no, seriously, <laughs> he is. And this book tells you about it, tells you how you can go there. Well, it's similar to that. You have this book and said, can I share with you the best news that's ever been heard? And in the, if you open that, that book on the very first page on the cover, on the inside, it says, God wants you to live with him in paradise forever. Isn't that good news? That's John 3, 16. God so loved the world. Why? That you might have eternal life. You know, sometimes we've used the term eternal life so much, we've kind of forgotten the context. I would encourage you to remember the words of Jesus when he spoke to the thief on the cross and gave him the best news he had ever heard in his whole life. Today, you will be with me, you know what I'm saying, in paradise. Paradise. You know, we've been watching the news about Maui and uh, the area that was burned up. My wife and I have been to Maui twice and stayed just right up at Kanapali, which is right next. We've been through that area, eaten at the uh, hotels, at the restaurants, and shopped in the area and all that. And we remember how beautiful it was, but it's just burned up. I mean, it's, it's horrible to think about that. People need to know there's a paradise that will never burn up, that's gorgeous, that's beautiful. And, and so when you're reading this, God wants you to be with him in paradise forever. That's the good news. And, and so, you know, God so loved the world. We, we know that scripture. Their response could be, yeah, I know that. I don't want to get you tangled up because a lot of people think they're going to heaven for the wrong reasons. And there can be a whole nother training about how to deal with that. How do you deal with the fact that somebody says, I know I'm going to go to heaven. I just don't go to church. Well, that can be a further. As we go out, one of the things we'll do on Sundays as we go out is I'm going to have special 15-minute trainings every time before we go to add more information. I don't want to dump the whole bale of hay on you at one time. So we're going to be learning as we go, to, you know, how to deal with things like that. But if they say, well, I know that, well, then your response is wonderful. Did you know this book is written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? I know that. Well, wonderful. Did you know this book is written so a person can know that for sure? Did you know that the two questions 
that are primarily used in witnessing, one of them is, do you know for sure if you were to die that you would go to heaven? At least half the people will say, yeah, I know for sure, or I hope so, or I think so. And then the second question is, well, if God should say to you, why should I let you into my heaven, what would you say? Basically, what are you basing this on? That's when people reveal that they don't really know the Bible because they'll come up with a lot of reasons. Now, that's when you get into a conversation that can cut your whole visit short because they don't want to get into that right now. And what you're trying to do, you're trying to have a good conversation with somebody that you can come back and see, right? And so you just have to let the Holy Spirit, remember we talked about the salt, conduct yourself with wisdom toward outsiders, let your speech be seasoned as it were you know, with grace, seasoned as it were with salt. So you're trying to add a little bit of salt enough to come back. So, and here's the thing, it's more important for you to get the gospel into their heart than to argue how they misunderstand it. And, and part of dealing with questions sometimes is just simply saying, that's a good question. Let's come back to that after I share this and see if you're still interested in that. Or let's, we'll, we'll talk about that, you know, make sure to remind me when I get done and let's deal with that. Because a lot of questions people ask are smoke screens. They're just trying to argue. I don't want to argue. I'm just here to tell you that you know there's good news. Does that make sense? So just keep those things in mind. One, they say, I know that. Wonderful. You know this book is written so that you can know for sure that you have eternal life. All right. So then as you, as you do that, here, here's just a basic statement. You know, in the gospel that Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish. We need to add some context to that word perish. Why is that important that I have eternal life? Well, and, and what is this paradise? What is your perspective of heaven? What is the general person's, the, the, the community's perspective of heaven? Well, the Bible says the first earth passed away. Remember that in Revelation 21? And to say to them, did you know the Bible says this whole world's going to burn up? It's going to be gone. And whoever believes in him will not perish. God doesn't want you to perish with all the evil that is going to destroy one day. And then as you look right there on the book, the second part of that is God is creating a new earth, paradise. And the Bible says, I saw a new heaven and new earth, no more death, mourning, crying, or pain. And so that's the good news. I'd like to go somewhere where my friends didn't die. I'd like to go somewhere where I can have family forever. And there's more to that. Keep in mind, this little uh, piece in the middle goes in the detail about that. What you're trying to do at the very beginning is basically say, I've got some great news. This is written so you can know for sure that you will be in paradise with God. God's going to destroy this world, and he doesn't want you to perish with it. He's creating a new heaven and a new earth. And this paradise is a place God would like for you to be there. 
And then he said to the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. Now, I just went through that with you. You see, when you hand this to somebody, if, you, if they don't give you a chance to read it, they can read it as right there. Re review it. So that's one of the aspects of this. One of the things you and I need to always, always, always remember, the Holy Spirit is smarter and wiser than all of us. He is going to teach you as you do it. You'll have a certain way of doing it that'll be different than somebody else. Does that make sense? You might not even want to use everything that is right here in that way. You might just want to say something like, did you know that God wants you in paradise with him? Can I share with you what this little book says about that? That might be that simple. So always keep in mind your, your learning. And I've been amazed. In fact, people will say, you never share the gospel the same twice. I said, no. I said, I, I'm kind of like the surfer on the ocean. I don't make the waves. I just try to get ready for them. And when they come, I ride them. I fall off a bunch of them. But every one of them, I'm learning something. And that's how it is. You've got the Holy Spirit working. You've got people. But the thing that I found is this. If you've got somebody really hungry, they'll eat a piece of bread with butter on it. Right? If there's somebody hungry for God, it's hard to mess up anything. They just need some directions. So, one of the, so the, the first page is just to kind of introduce things there. And here's a good question. Would you want to know for sure that you will live forever with God in his new paradise? Again, that's what you're, you're trying to see if a person is interested. Well, here are some of the ways that a person could answer just to give you a brief on that. A person says, well, I, I know for sure I'm going to heaven. Well, may I ask you what you're counting on to get you to heaven? And I'm trusting in Jesus. I've heard people say, because I'm believing in Jesus. This uh, fellow asked at uh, Demas's over here Sunday. That's the answer he gave me. I said, well, that is fantastic. And you know what he said? I am so glad you're asking people those questions. More of us need to be doing that. And so sometimes your obedience to Christ can stir the heart of somebody else. Um, I'm trusting in Jesus. A lot of people say I'm doing the best I can. A, a, a lady at, uh, at the marina at, uh, uh, that I, I'm, uh, Fate Sanders Marina, y'all know where that is. Well, one of the waitresses there, I've been kind of talking with her about the Lord as we go and stuff. And that's what she says. Yeah, I try to be a light to people and try to be nice and kind. And, and, and I hope I'm going to go to heaven. Well, I'm having a chance to talk with her. Well, that's wonderful. But did you know there's a way that you can actually know for sure? that you're going to go to heaven? Would you like to know that? She looked at me and says, really? Yeah. So I'm having a chance to share this with her. And then, of course, some people will point to the church. Oh, I know I'm going to heaven. I've been baptized, you know. And so you, you got to be careful. What I do, I don't argue with people. I say, well, thank you so much. Well, can I share what Jesus says in this book about it? And that's where a person either wants to know more or they don't, you know. Either leave it with them or, or you can begin getting into it. Now, would you want to know what Jesus says about living forever with God in his new paradise? You know, this little card I have in the middle, almost every one of these verses is simply the words of Jesus. This is what Jesus says. 
People today are having a hard time trusting anything, don't they? I'm having a hard time trusting anything. I don't even know of a newscast I can watch and trust anymore. You know, it just goes on and on. But people need to know you can trust in Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, And witnessing is not me trying to tell you something as much as it is me trying to help you know what Jesus has said. And the whole book of John is all about believing in Jesus. So, um, there is a website. You see on the bottom of that card, it says Life Forever Today. Any of y'all looked at that website yet? That's what I thought. I gave this thing out to about 1,500 people that went through the Bethlehem Marketplace you know, over there at Southeast. And I said, would y'all look at that website and check it out? Because this is a really good witnessing tool. Not one single person of 1,500 looked at it. You know why? We're so busy. We're, we're kind of stuck. I, I guess, I don't know. I mean, it's, I mean, some people just don't look at the internet too. And, and that could be the, be the case. But I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. I, I'm, I, you know, uh, I don't want to do that. But what I'm saying is, this internet can be a tool that you can use to be able to sit down. Now, not everybody's going to want to do this. You take Jehovah Witnesses, when they come down by and knock on your door, they'd like to go in and sit down at the table and open some stuff, right? Because I've, I've invited them in to sit down because I'd like to witness to them. That's what I do. And, and so it's kind of fun, you know, because I already know what they believe, what they're going to say. I can just kind of sit down with them and then send them, uh, never mind. But, <laughs> but if you get to the place where somebody is really interested, sometimes you get for a loss of words, well, what do you say? If you got a phone, you can look at your phone. If you had an iPad in the car, you can do that. Usually this will happen down the road when somebody says they would really like to see, okay? So this is the bed, that's a whole, the front picture of the website. Jesus came to give us life forever. And, and then the, the next part of that, as you go down, John was written to help you understand. Okay, we've, we've done that. And then in this, inside of the little gospel of John, I've taken each one of these statements by Jesus and elaborated on it. These are pictures I've taken and posted on Facebook. And you just, I love to take pictures. But it starts out, it's a gift. I give them life forever. Life forever is a gift from God. You can't earn it. You can't be good enough to go to heaven. Religion will not give you life forever. It is only a gift from God paid for by Jesus' death on the cross for you. The gift of God is eternal life. So that's what the first little thing. The next part of of here is is the promise. They shall never perish. That's my son-in-law with his daughter and a granddaughter from another uh, son-in-law. Okay, Rosie and Savannah. And he's got them out there at Destin. They're going out in the water. But you know what the promise is? They'll never perish. You can be in God's paradise. None of your family who know Jesus will ever perish. You can love them forever. Isn't that cool? It's almost like let's have a new education about eternal life and what it is. Let's get a visual. That's what this does. And, you know, would you like to enjoy friends and family forever to never have to say goodbye again? What greater joy can you imagine than living forever in peace with the people you love? It's paradise. And then the next one is the peace. 
My peace I give to you. Jesus says in this world you have tribulation. Can y'all say an old me? Yeah. And, but he wants to restore you a life, wants to restore to you a life of peace forever. Would you like to have a life of peace? What would it be like to live forever without fear, anxiety, or stress? Stress is one of the biggest problems today. People need to consider that. God wants you to live with him in this paradise. Jesus himself says, I want to give you my peace. And then what else? The freedom. You will be free indeed. Imagine living free forever from the things that bring you so much pain. Sickness, death, hate, war, selfishness, greed, even the newscast. I'm going to be so glad to get up there. In fact, I don't listen to newscasts that much anymore, to be honest with you. I got a little Fox app, you know, I go through it and I get tired of looking at that. Somebody killed somebody, somebody did something. The freedom of living in peace will be absolutely amazing and wonderful. Would you want to miss out on that? And the hope is if somebody's really wanting to find God, brother, I've, I've got the whole cafeteria for you. It's right there. And I feel like if I've given somebody this gospel with this in the website, I've given them what they need beyond, I mean, it's, it's tremendous, I think. And that's what we're trying to do. And then the paradise. I go and prepare a place for you. Jesus wants to give you your own place in paradise to enjoy forever with your friends and family. Isn't it amazing that everybody's always, not at our age, but younger, they're always looking to move somewhere else. I want to get me another house. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Isn't it going to be great to get a place that you're going to love so much you never want to move again? And you can make memories forever of people that come to visit you. And, and this, you know, it's a paradise. It's something that in our minds, we don't always think about that. And in witnessing, the first part is, what is paradise? What is the gift? You know, and um, can you imagine how wonderful that would be? It would be a perfect place made specially for you where you can live out eternity. Why would anyone not want this? And so you go through the gift, but then you know every gift has a price. Even at Christmas time, you might get it for free, but somebody paid for it. And in the Gospel of John, it says, Jesus said, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And you share with him, did you know that Jesus Christ died on the cross to make it possible for you to have that paradise? And the Bible says that he was introduced, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's what keeps you out. And he is the Lamb of God. And Jesus paid the ultimate price. It cost him dearly. However, you must individually believe and accept his gift. Now, there's a story that is told, and you could use a lot of different ones. People need to understand they have to receive the gift. You can't just, if somebody gave me a check for $10,000, I would not be the smartest man in the world if I took the $10,000 and put it on a plaque on a wall. Right? It's not putting a cross on the wall. It's you understanding he's paid for your sins on the cross and you need to cash it in through repentance and faith. But people don't think about that. A lot of folks, when I ask them, do you know for sure you're going to go to heaven? They say, yeah, because I believe in God. Well, the Bible says the devil believes in God too, but he ain't going there. What are you trusting in? And so 
Um, you know, we must individually believe and accept his gift. And then when you, I'm on, I finished up one side. One side is just basically the amazing gift God gives you and it has a price for it. Then we're going to move to the, to the next side where at the top of that it says the rebirth. Jesus said you must be born again. And that might be a kind of thing that, what is he talking about? Well, Jesus says you need a spiritual rebirth. You need a total cleansing of your heart. Your old heart of selfishness, anger, pain, lust must be radically changed. And at this point, you could say something like, can you imagine what it would be like if God let everybody into heaven in their current condition? We'd have another mess because we're all messed up. That's why Jesus said you have to have a spiritual rebirth. There has to be a transformation inside of you that changes you from who you are for you to be a part of his brand new kingdom. You've got to be born again. And it says Jesus wants to give you a new heart that is part of his gift of life forever, a heart full of love, peace, and happiness. And at this point, I'm trying to say to them, the things that you need to get into God's paradise can only be provided by God. That's what you're saying right here. It's not your religion. It's not your trying. It's not, you can't change yourself. That has to be done by God. And so then you, you get to talking about that. The next thing on this is the way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus clearly says, no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way God provides to pay for your sins and give you life forever. There's no other religion in the world that pays the penalty for your sins. None. It's not how good you are. It's not how much you want to try to do things for God. It's only by being born again through Jesus that you're, he said, I am the way. And what I'm talking about is the truth. And I'm the life. I'm the forever life in paradise. It's through me. So I guess as you're listening to me, I'm basically, basically reading what's on the internet. You follow what I'm saying? I'm basically trying to think of a way that I can put in your hand something that you can give to someone that if there's a sense of interest in them, they can do this on their own. Or as you get to know them and they haven't read it yet, you say, well, can I share with you this website and they'll sit down and look at that? Some of y'all might go out and get an iPad just to do that because your phone is so tiny, you know what I mean? Well, that'd be a good investment in the kingdom, wouldn't it? To have an iPad and uh, sit down with your kids and go through it. See, my job as an evangelist equipper to be able to give you the most, the, the easiest, most effective way that you can use to help somebody else know about Jesus and to understand that most people don't even want to know. But to go out there to talk and to find out who is listening, right? Follow what I'm saying? And so, you know, there's no other way besides Jesus. And then, again, the words of Jesus, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will have the light of life. Jesus loves you so much, you can bring all your brokenness into his light of grace. He wants to give you his peace. As you walk with him, read his words, and listen to his spirit in your heart, Jesus will be your spiritual light to a life of peace, freedom, joy, and ultimate forever paradise with him. And that's a lot of spiritual jargon right there, I want to tell you. That's a lot of spiritual words, right, to a person that's not spiritual. And you say, you know what that is really saying? 
That is saying that as you take this little booklet and you begin to really read it, Jesus is going to be like a spiritual light to help you see what he's talking about. Does that make sense? And, and that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to help a person know, like Jesus said, repent the, heaven, the kingdom of heaven is right next to you. The Spirit of God is right here next to you. If you're really hungry, if you'll just read, Jesus says, I'll be a light to you. I'll turn the light on. What did Jesus say to Paul when he called him to go preach for him? Go open their eyes. They'll turn from darkness to what? Light. From the dominion of Satan to the kingdom of God. One of the things I have had to come to understand, it's not my words of the flesh that make a difference. It's the words of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit, that works in a heart that is willing to listen. Does that make sense? And, and, and that's the thing that witnessing is. You're just trying to connect the dots to somebody that wants to connect the dots. And there's another part of this verse we're going to look at. But what I want them to know is Jesus says he wants to be a light. If this is something you're... I, I was talking to a guy in a restaurant in Fair, at uh, uh, Wichita Falls, Texas. And, and he was like, I know what you're saying is right, but I, I just, I don't know, I just don't feel like I have the motivation to do this. That's somebody who you're saying, and that's good information, but I, I think I'm happy like I am right now. So I told him, I said, let me ask you something. If I told you that if you would sit here in this restaurant all the way until nine o'clock tonight when it closes, that somebody's gonna bring you a check for a million dollars, would you do that? He said, well, if I believed you, I would. I said, well, if you believe me, you would, yeah, I would. I said, God is just saying he wants to give you a forever peace, a forever paradise forever. If you'll just believe in him, he wants, to, wouldn't you be willing to read this book? People would have gone far distance to trying to fountain the youth. Everybody went to California to, to find gold. You know, people do a lot of things to get a bigger TV. I mean, all of this, but let me ask you something. Do you really want to know for sure that you can live forever with God in paradise? Because I can't do that for you. And that's where I backed away and said, it's up to you, right? That's where you've put it in their hands. But Jesus says, I'll be a light. Whoever listens, more shall be given unto him, is what Jesus said in the scripture we taught earlier. The light the truth. Whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. When you want to live God's truth, you're willing to be honest about your sins. You realize you can't be vulnerable before God. You have grace to cleanse and restore you from the darkness of your sins. You come into his light, confess your sins, believe in his grace and find your peace with God. All of this is, is here. I'm headed to something. I'm just going to kind of walk through these. Faith, it's whoever believes in him. You believe he loves you, accept his death on the cross as full payment for your sins. You believe Jesus is God's son who came to earth to die for your sins and give you life forever. Like the disciple Thomas who finally believed in Jesus, you fall on, you fall on oh, your knees. I got to change that. And proclaim to Jesus, my Lord and my God. Now, everything you need to have life forever comes from Jesus. 
Trust in Jesus alone for the cleansing of your sins and receive this gift of life forever in paradise. Jesus can give you, all right, we talked about that. But this is a part on the website I put there because Jesus put it in John 3. Nicodemus had just heard the good news, we've shared it. And maybe you don't get to this place or maybe you have to jump ahead to here. Somebody says, I just don't, you know, really not that interested in it. Well, let me tell you something Jesus says. Whoever rejects the Son will not see life for God's wrath remains on him. That's John 3, 36. In John 3, 20, it says, Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. I have to realize there's some, quote, good people that really don't want to come into the full light of God because they don't want God messing with their life. Does that make sense? There's nothing you can do about that. Not a thing. You ever seen your child turn to be 13 years old and somebody said they get brain damage? They start doing what they want to do. You try to beat it out of them, but it's, it's deep, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I've watched all three of my kids go through 13. I said, man, they're right. You need to know that your part of witnessing is not just dealing with the mind, what they know. It's dealing with the heart, what they're willing to do. Some folks don't want to come to the light. And, and Jesus, I put it on the website plainly. Some people, they don't want Jesus because they don't want him messing up. I got life going like it is. I, I like it. I don't want to come to the light lest my deeds be exposed. They don't want to expose themselves to the truth. And a part of this is they prefer their own way. This is the judgment. Lights come into the world. Men love darkness rather than light. I kind of like my darkness because I can do what I want to do. Does that make sense? And so Jesus is explaining why a lot of people just don't want to listen. And uh, they're afraid of the truth. Fear that their deeds will be exposed. They're afraid they were exposed for who they really are. Darkness is their cover. They're afraid of the truth that exposes their true intentions. And this, this book's pretty good. It, it explains it. It puts it out there for them and for them to, to think about why they do or don't. They don't want to live. It says they love the darkness. Their deeds were evil. So those things are, are on, the, on the website. If you reject him, you reject his offer to pay the penalty of your sins. This is the, here's the, the full verse there. This is the judgment that light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than light for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. What I wanted you to note is this. I've really tried to make this comprehensive. I've really tried to put it there for people to read what this book says. It's been hard for me to condense this down, to be honest with you. But if any of this strikes a chord in their heart, they can open, open this book and start reading from page one, can't they? And everything has been underlined. They can look at those underlined verses and begin to say, what does that mean? And the beautiful thing is that when you go back to visit somebody and you say, have you had a chance to look at that book? And they'll say, you know, I have and there's a scripture in there that I don't understand. Now you're connecting. Does that make sense? Now, now, you're, now you're connecting. And that's what you're trying to do. You're just trying to ride the wave. Look for the wave that comes and then get on that. And you've got...
It's something to me, this is something you can keep with you and, and learn it and use it and, and become more, uh, you know, familiar with it and effective with it. There's a, a, at the end of the website, come into his light, talk to Jesus today. And there's a prayer there. Now, I'm going to show you the back part of this, this booklet. You know, at one time I had a prayer there, but I kind of took that out. And and the reason is sometimes prayer becomes a rote exercise. You pray these things, but I just put down the steps, the things you need to do, and then you can pray these things. Life forever, are y'all with me on the last page? I didn't get this on, on on the PowerPoint. Life forever in God's paradise. Believe in Jesus. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have life forever. To ask somebody, do you believe in Jesus? Yes, I do. Okay, the next one. Come into his light. Acknowledge your sin and desire to follow him in his teaching. Are you willing to admit your sin to God? To stand in the light of God and say, Lord, you know my heart. You know I sinned. But I want to be in your light. Third one. Believe Jesus paid your sin penalty. Here in this book, in John 19.30, it says, it is finished. Jesus said, I've paid in full for your sins. And then, of course, the introduction of, John, of Jesus by John the Baptist, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Do you believe Jesus paid your sin penalty? Yes, I do. Within, do you, are, you, do you, are you ready to believe in Jesus as your Savior and Lord? And I don't know a more, I don't know, almost emotional, heart-wrenching example of, of a confession than when Thomas just finally said, you're him, my Lord and my God. Are you willing to look to Jesus and believe in him as the son of God uh, and be spiritually born? All right, then let's, let's pray and ask God to just revive you and, and renew you and, and put inside of you his spirit and you become a child of God right now and begin this process of walking in the light. We're called not to get decisions, but to make disciples. I'd much rather people be tied to a book and to a prayer they prayed. You follow what I'm saying? Well, I prayed the prayer. I've had so many funerals where this person had no evidence of God in their life at all from the time they were a kid. And somebody say they prayed the prayer. And Jesus says, if you're not abiding in me, I cut you off and you burned up. You got to deal with those scriptures, don't you? You got to think about that. And the scripture in 1 John says, they left us because they were not of us from the beginning. You see, I think that you and I need to take seriously the things of Christ and know that this whole thing about being saved is more than praying a prayer, is more than saying, Lord, Lord. It's having a personal, intimate relationship. With, with Jesus Christ. And so, you know, in the, in the, the minutes that we have, I, I want to share something with you that uh, happened to me and just to close this, this session off. Well, I, I kind of, now I'm going to do that Sunday. I'm going to do that Sunday because I'm going to be preaching Sunday morning. I, this is, you remember the story of Charles who, you know, he didn't want to talk about God for six months. This other thing happened to me right here in Smyrna when I went on a school trip with my daughter to Washington, D.C. And I was asking God to show me who to witness to. And that that still blows me away. I'll share that with you Sunday. But I just wanted right now, I wonder if you have any questions. 
You know, one, one brother said that, you know, if we go out, I'm not able to walk because my, my legs, I, I can't walk, you know, that is going to be required, you know, to go to a house or something. I said, well, you know what, you could drive a car because I've been out riding and going, you know, talking to folks and look back and my car is three miles away. <laughs> not really three miles, but it just seems like it is. I said, you could drive a car and pray for, for the team that's visiting and also have some extra pamphlets and things handy in, in case they need that. I, I think the important thing is, is for you and I to just simply get before the Lord in our quiet time and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And sometimes it's just show up. You know, when we get together Sunday, one of the questions I'm going to ask is, Sunday afternoon is, do you want to be a team leader? In other words, do you want to be a spokesperson? And every team, there's somebody who's a spokesperson. Some of you say like, I don't really want to be a spokesperson, but I don't mind watching to see what happens to them. <laughs> well, that's cool. Well, you come, see what happens to them. I've had people like that. They said, I, I can't talk. I'm nervous. I don't know what to say. I said, well, can you just kind of go with me and maybe stand behind me and, and get out of the way if I start running? <laughs> yeah, I can do that. And then I've seen them say, you know, that's not what I expected to be. I'd like to do the next house if, if I could. I said, well, look, you do what's comfortable to you. That, that's the thing. But some of y'all feel like you're, you're ready to just go and, and take one of these little gospels and say, can I, we're from Parkway Baptist Church. Can we share with you the best news has ever been given? Do you need some good news today? Well, did you know that God, I need to hold it in my, in my hand. Did you know that God wants you to live with him forever in paradise? Does that sound like something you'd like to, does that sound good to you? Well, this little book is written just so that you would know that. And um, could, I, could I give you one or would you like for me to share a little bit about what this book says? Again, you're fishing to find out where they are, right? And, and so we'll, we'll talk more, but what, what questions do you have? Maybe y'all want to be the first aid person. You know, it just be, have, be the 911. I, I have, um, so does this make sense? Yes, ma'am. Uh -huh. So sp speak a little louder. You'll be good with the fishing part. Uh-huh. Okay, that is a very, very good point. And I want to tell you, Pastor Shelby has, has, has said some things about this. Let me tell you my preferred way of doing that. You're there talking. You're a good fish. I'm going to handle it. But they ask you a question, and here's how you do it. I am so glad you asked that. My pastor loves to talk to people about things. And I'm going to talk to him and he or somebody else from our church is going to get back to you. Can I get your phone number? Because we would love to talk with you about that. Does that make sense? And yeah. That works for pastors too. Oh, there's many times I said, that's a good one. That's, yeah. See, those are the things you learn as you go and when they ask you, they'll ask you questions you never thought about before. And then you're kind of wondering, well, Pastor Shelby, how did you answer that? And, and then you'll learn a little bit. Good one. Does that make sense? I'm so glad you asked that. Always act, you know. They, they always said something, never be shocked by your visit. Um, 
There, there was uh, one cartoon I saw where he was visiting. The guy said, well, you know, I've killed people. And the guy was smiling. Really? How many? <laughs> okay, another question. So it's not really a question. Yeah. It's a comment. Um, in the past, a group of us have gone out not from here, but from another church that I attended. Uh -huh. And when you have about three people, it helps when there are children in the home because when the lead person is speaking with the family or the parents or the person there and may have children, it's always nice to have that other person there that can keep the children occupied. And I am so glad you mentioned that, that absolutely. And in fact, a team of three is ideal because you can put a woman with two men or two women with one man. You don't want one man and woman going together, especially if they're not married, you just don't do that. But you might be the person that says, I'll run, you know, there's a word for that. Interference, thank you. I'm a little slow, but you helped me out there. I run interference for you. It can be a child, and sometimes it can be a dog or a cat. I mean, cats are not my favorite thing, but I remember taking care of two of them while somebody else was sharing and thinking, Lord, be with them, please be with them, Lord, this is costing us both, you know. And, uh, but uh, so the one person who is the, the, the more the, the fisherman who's talking, you can have somebody else there that's there. And I mean, I've actually, some, I've watched where somebody would take two kids into another room. Ask permission first. Can I, do you mind if we go to the dining room over there, maybe do some coloring? Because when somebody starts to talk, I'll tell you this. When the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit starts moving, the devil's going to be right there too. And, and so, thank you. Thank you. So see, you can come and take care of dogs, cats, and kids. Or first aid. Yes. Hey, we got a microphone here. I had a coworker who was Jewish, and I had talked to him off and on about Jesus, and he he said, "Well, when I see him coming back, he said, then I'll believe it." Uh huh. You know. But anyway, he said, "I got a question." He said, "I see him holding up a sign, John three sixteen, on some of the football." Yeah. Um, games and I, so I quoted it for him and I did not have this book or my Bible with me. He said, well, okay, what's John three seventeen? <laughs> and I, I couldn't tell him. <laughs> and for I mean, God sent not the son into the world to condemn exactly, the world, but that the world through him might now, be saved. But right. at the time, this was 30 years ago. Yeah. I yeah. did not know. And I'm like, so see, that's the kind of question. You and, and see, when you get that question, I am so glad you asked right, that. Right. I'm going to go ask my pastor what that verse well, is. Well, and I told him, I said, I don't know, but I can look it up. That's <laughs> yeah. what I told him. But. Right. But this book would be great. Yeah, you can open this up. The book would be great. Well, here, here's the thing about that. One of the things you and I are trying to do is determine, is this an honest person or a dishonest person? Remember Jesus said the people who are listening have a good and honest heart? Some people are dishonest. They don't want to hear really what you have to say. They just want to argue with you. So Jesus said, dust the dust off your feet with, with those. And, and that's a part of you talking to folks to find out where they are. But 
I always like that, though. That's a good question. Any more, questions? Any more questions? Comments? Yes, right over here. Oh, <laughs> he wants to know if Pastor Shelby is going to have his phone on when everybody calls him. Well, we'll get Pastor Colton in there too. And uh... <laughs> But, you know, in a, in a really beautiful way, this becomes a village event, doesn't it? See, here's what's going to happen when we go out. We're going to meet for 15 minutes. This is on a regular Sunday. Meet at 5 meet at five, have 15 minutes for me just to encourage you with a word and, and an inspiration. 5.15, we'll have a word of prayer, we go. We're out for an hour and, and 30 minutes. We're back at 6.45 to report for 15 minutes on what happened. And some of you won't be back by 6.45 because you're out visiting and you got a live fish on the hook, you know, and you don't want to come back. You'll have to report the next Sunday. But it, it, to me, it's a good thing because some people would stay out to midnight. And you need somebody to be the savior of the group to say, we're supposed to be back at the church at 645. We got to go back. I'm sorry. You know, does that make sense? Plus, it helps you because I'm going to tell you something. You can be so excited you go out too long for the first visit and the next Sunday you stay too long and then you I don't want to go, man. It's wearing me out. You see what I mean? So it's really good to have a, a time to start and a time to, to end. Yes, a uh, uh, microphone. One thing I was thinking about too is, can we put something about our church on this? Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah, one of the things, uh, just if anybody's wondering, we are going to put together a, a small card that you'll take with you that will have like probably three months worth of, of activities where we are preaching, what we're teaching on Wednesday nights, uh, youth events, children's events, any, anything we have coming, coming down the pipeline for the, for the next like quarter, we'll have all of that listed. So kind of the way I see it, when we go out into the community, uh, the way I've heard people do it, and the way I've done it in the past, is you go up to a house or wherever you're going and you say, hey, I'm so-and-so at Parkway Baptist Church. We're, we're trying to get out into the community and let people know that Jesus loves them. And, we want to come by, let you know, you know who we are, where we are, what we're doing. We want to give you this list of events, and we want to ask, is there any way, can we, can we pray for you, or is there anything we can, we can do to serve you or stuff like that? And that opens the doorway very simply, uh, you know, to get them talking, to see if they're listening, uh, you know, yeah. for God. So, mm -hmm. so there, there'll be plenty of icebreakers uh, in there to, to help you feel more comfortable about going up you know, on a cold call, so to speak, what would you, what we, we use that, and hate to use sales terminology, but I mean, that's kind of what it is. It's like, you don't know these people and it's the first time you've gone up to the door. So there's, there'll be, there'll be something for you to say to them to open the doorway for that discussion. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that aspect of cold call. When I went out and met Charles, ultimately, there was some cold calling involved that was difficult. But when I got to know Charles, and the family next to them and two other families. When I went out, I was looking forward to it. I was going to see my friends. Does that make sense? And I was hoping if I, if I had time, I had my two hour period that I went, if, if I finished with whoever I was going to see, then I'd go ahead and hit a few more houses on, because I wanted to find some more people. And so ultimately you find your friends, the people who are listening.
And another important thing, along what you're saying, Pastor Shelby, is put your phone number, if you feel comfortable doing that, on that information you give to them and said, look, if you want to know more about our church, please call me. And if you'd like to try to check us out or something, I'd be glad to meet you and sit with you and introduce you to, to things. You know, and I even, you know, you, you need to think about what are you going to do if somebody shows up? How can you make them feel comfortable? Um, somebody told me that the best way of thinking about a new person who's not a church person coming to a church is think about yourself being invited to a Hindu temple. How would you feel? I don't know about those people in there. I don't know what they talk about. I don't even know what they wear. I'm not going in there. But if you had somebody that was a friend that you knew, you might go because, well, they invited me, but I, I'm going to check it off, you know. But then you might go and find out, hey, those are just regular people. I met somebody I didn't know that. Now, I'm not asking you to go to Hindu temple. But you see what I'm saying? So this is a learning experience. We have spent so much time in the aquarium, we don't even know what's out at the lake. And all we've done is churches, and churches is just getting people from another aquarium. And Jesus has said, the fields, the lake is full of fish. And there's some people sowing, some reaping. We need to enter into the work of what the Holy Spirit's doing. And really, that's the bottom line. You and I are just connecting with what God's already doing. And it doesn't take long to find out, to find if the person is really connected to God or not. And if there's not, without me, you can't do nothing. You ever hear that? But with him, it's a cool ride. You better have your good grip on your surfboard because we're riding. All right. Any other questions? Yes, ma'am. Last one. Any question after that, it cost you five bucks. But we all have to use it. Yes. Good afternoon. Good evening. Um, my question, I have two questions. So uh -huh. have you all decided which part of town? Is it going to be strictly in Smyrna? And what date? Or okay, I'm so glad you asked that because that was on my mind earlier. I want y'all to be thinking of the area you'd like to see. I want to go to my neighborhood at Bent Tree Subdivision. I did that years ago. I want to go back. And you think about where you want to go, you know? Uh, just be praying about that, but that's that does not have to be in Smyrna. We've got the whole county um, I, 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 Go ahead. Just want to speak to and then I'll you can keep going uh, Joanna reminded me something that was important about that uh, We're vacation Bible school prospects is who we're going to go uh, visit first Okay, we have a whole list of people that came that were guests. Uh -huh. We're gonna we're gonna go visit them first so. And that's the easiest one because they've already connected to the church and to go to them, hey, can I give you the best news that we've ever had, you know, the world's ever heard, and, and go from there. Um, so uh, all of that is the Sunday afternoon. We're going to talk about that this Sunday, get some good questions like that. So that answered your first one. Where can you go? We've got a plan for vacation Bible school. After that, there is no specific plan. It's where do people feel like they want to go and how they're going to be teamed up. Second question was... I'm like you, I forgot too. It's going to start, uh, well, you know, we're going to organize next Sunday. The following Sunday will be Vacation Bible School, and then when we get done with that. 
This coming Sunday will be prep work. The yes. next Sunday will be stars and strikes. So we'll all wear, so if you've got some kind of parkway t-shirt or shirt or something, wear that to stars and strikes. And we'll, we'll just try to mingle with, because we won't have the whole place to ourselves. There'll be all kind of people there. And so we can begin, that, that'll be kind of a, kind of a soft opportunity to, to talk to people about Jesus, invite them to church and stuff like that. And then the week after that will be the first uh, Sunday in September. That will be the official first time we go out, like go out into the community. Okay. Does that sound right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 I would say one more thing, and then you can you can pray oh, us we, out. Okay. In my experience, uh, one of the things that you're going to run into a lot is going to be people that were at one time in church, but got deeply hurt in church, and now that's the last place on earth they would step foot in. Um, that is a difficult thing to handle. Uh, it may. They, they may tell you that, or they may cover it up and not tell you that. The, the way that I've handled that in the past is, and a lot of people don't think this way, the first thing they'll say is, well, I don't go to church because church is full of what? Hypocrites. hypocrites. All right. But there's hypocrites everywhere, okay? There, there's hypocrites at Walmart. There's hypocrites at your workplace. There's hypocrites. So if you're going to try to get away from hypocrites, you, you can't go anywhere. And so that's one thing you say. And the other thing you say is that you're going to have pain and you're gonna have difficulty and you're gonna have people betray you in all walks of life. And the church is no different. There's people that are there for the right reasons and there's people that are at church for the wrong reasons. And you, you have to deal with both. And so the idea that, that church is this pain-free, wonderful experience that is not full of any challenges, is just not reality. I mean, Jesus came and what they do to him? Okay, so, so, so it's not all fluff and fuzzy and wonderful, and, and, I, and I think that, that you don't present the gospel in that way. I think you have to be honest with people. There's pain involved in all aspects of life, but the gospel is what gets you through the pain. Can you amen that? Right, so that's it. All right. Oh. The church is men, the Bible is God. I, I, what I try to do, I try to focus on the focus, which is God wants you to live in paradise with him. So I just don't go to church. Well, let's just talk about you and Jesus. You know, let, let's, let's talk about what he wants to give you, his peace. And let's deal with that. And then once we begin to get that focus, the other things can, can come along, you know, so... All right, there, there's a lot of questions, and I'm here if you've got some questions for me. Keep in mind a disciple is called a learner, and when you go, it's a learning experience, and the Holy Spirit says, oh, Jesus says, go fishing with me. I'll be with you to help you as you go, and I will teach you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this evening and a chance to just ask questions, and Lord, uh, Perhaps this is, uh, you know, the, the, the time in our, our place where we start making decisions. Are we going to uh, cut bait or are we really going to just go ahead and start fishing and, and get ready for that? Lord, I pray that your spirit will go with us, help us to be still and know that you're God. And Lord, to surrender our hearts and lives to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All righty. You are dismissed.